What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Hot Takes, where the only thing hotter than our takes is Shakiri's calves. That one was given to us by John, the producer. Well, I'll introduce him very quickly, but seriously, welcome back, everyone. It's been a long time since we sat uh, this whole team to talk about some hot takes. We're really excited to be back with a brand new season, a brand new format, the same old crew. Uh, If you haven't been here before and you don't know what Hot Takes is, Hot Takes is a podcast designed to hear from our community, to hear what they think is positive, what they think is negative, and what's going on in Chicago Fireland. You have the opportunity to submit your takes via Google Forms that we post on social media and tell us how you really feel, and then we'll agree or disagree with you. Super, super simple concept, but a great way to connect with our community. Uh, Once again, my name is Matt Shabelman, founder of MIR, and I'll be your host this evening. And today I'm blessed to be joined with a few wonderful co-hosts and our producer. And I'll start off with introducing Joe. Joe, how are you? I'm happy to be here. Fantastic to be back. Uh, Like the fire, we're back. Joe says we're back. That might be a hot take in itself, but Joe, thanks for being here. I know you have busy, busy evenings. Next up, we got Chicago Fire's favorite Scotsman, Paul. Paul, how are you, my guy? I am fantastic. Delighted to be back. It's been a long off season. We've made a lot of good moves, and I've got a lot of hot takes on them, so let's go. Sounds great. And of course, go Celtic. And lastly, like to welcome in someone who's new to the hot take platform, pre-recorded platform, I should say, and that's our wonderful producer, John. John, how are you, my guy? I'm great. It's great to be here. It's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be a fun season. Actually, before we get into it, I want to very quickly dive into the new format for Hot Takes. Like we said, it's a brand new season. It's basically a brand new show. We want to make sure that all the viewers know what's going on and when to expect Hot Takes episodes to go out. Uh, So here's how it's going to work. The second Thursday of every month, regardless of the day, Regardless of the time, there's going to be a taped release coming out. So we're recording today on Tuesday. Expect it the second Thursday of every month that a taped one uh, will be coming out. A week before we are recording, we will send all of you a Google form on social media. Find us on Men in Red 97, Instagram, and Twitter, where you'll have the opportunity to submit your takes for this episode. If you don't or unable to submit your takes for this episode, we encourage you to join our live show, which will be on the last Thursday of every month here on Discord. More info to be found on our social media later this month. But once again, that'll be on the last Thursday of every month. Uh, We think this consistency is going to be really good. You know where you're going. You know, everyone turns on their radio and they know that ESPN 1000 is, you know, that one guy is on ESPN 1000 every morning. We want to do that too. And we're really excited for this format and think it's going to be really, really successful. Before we get into the content, which I know is the reason that everybody's listening to this, we wanted to share that after the red jersey release this Thursday, we're going live on Twitter to talk about it. It's one of the biggest jersey release, honestly, since the pandemic, maybe since I'd become a fan in 2014. Uh, but we're really excited to talk about it and want you to join us over there on Twitter. Once again, that's at Men in Red 97. So be sure to join myself. Maybe the guys will be there and a bunch of other members of the Chicago Fire community and the MIR 97 community will be there as well. Other than that, boys, you ready to get right into it? We got a lot to talk about. Sound good? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's very quickly, very quickly, I want to run through the offseason so far because Heights has been really, really busy and the team's been really, really busy. Season starts in two weeks, and I'm pretty sure we have our full roster. So let's just go over some of the departures and arrivals. On the departure end, confirmed departures are Miguel Angel Navarro, who now, I believe, is playing, got loaned to Venezuela or Ecuador. One of the two. I could be wrong. Boys, do you know off the top of your head? No. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those South American countries. 
got traded to the Rapids. He's gone. And of course, uh, young DP Jairo Torres uh, mutually terminated his contract with the Chicago Fire, saving us from a buyout. He's rumored to be signing with FC Juarez in Mexico. We'll see where he goes. Wishing him the best. Ultimately, didn't work out. Um, those are the two confirmed departures. That being said, we need to offload a few more. We know Casper Shabilko is training by himself in Lugano. Alex Calabrese, our wonderful editor-in-chief at MIR97, shared that today, actually earlier today. And we know also that Arnaud Souquet is probably going to be the other option uh, who's going to be leaving the club by opening day. We'll see if that actually manifests, but you can't have three right-backs on the opening day roster. It doesn't work out like that. In addition to that, we know Carlos Turan with Salquist coming in, which we'll talk about in just a minute, is most likely on the outs, probably not in this transfer window, but most likely in the summer. That injury bug has kind of eaten him up, and we're most likely to see him transition most likely to Europe uh, come this summer. And there's also a few rumors out there about Gaston returning to Argentina, unconfirmed. These are all speculations at this point. And also, what does the future look like for Fire Destroyer uh, Federico Navarro? And which one of those two is more likely to leave? kind of is still up in the air. And that's what our departures look like. On the arrivals, which is, in my opinion, the most exciting thing ever, especially today's news, which we'll get into in just a minute, is, of course, Alan Aragoni, right back from Lugano, on loan with a purchase option, basically exactly what Marin's was last year. You also have Marin coming back on a full. So Alan and Marin, who are both on Lugano, are now playing for the fire, which is really, really great. You have my favorite player on the team, and everyone knows why, Andrew Gutman, who we got traded from the Colorado Rapids for Miguel Angel Navarro. And then, of course, the Danish... Danish? Norwegian? Solquist? He's Danish. I'm going with Danish. Tobias Solquist, who's playing in Norway or Denmark, one of the Nordic countries. I should know this, but I don't. Uh, who will most likely... Yeah, Danish. Who will most likely be starting at center back alongside fan favorite Rafa Shihos uh, on opening day. Uh, signed but not with the club is the new big striker DP Hugo Kuipers um, from Belgium, fringe Belgium national team player, a guy who bagged 25 plus goals in Belgium last year and is currently sitting at 17 in all competitions. Super stoked to have him in leading the line. Let's hope we could give him the uh, distribution he needs to be successful. And then, of course, how could we forget Today, the Chicago Fire officially announced the signing of U.S. Men's National Team midfielder Kellen Acosta. Real quick, I know this news literally launched like an hour and a half before we're recording. We'll start off with Joe, and then we'll go to Paul and John. How are you guys feeling about Kellen Acosta? Are you guys feeling good? I am more pumped to wake up to the news that Chicago Fire changed their uh, profile picture. That was a bigger thing, um, but I'm pumped. I think it's you know, all it's going to do is attract more and more talent, especially if this, because we're back, um, just to bring, it's just going to help bring more talent. That's all it's going to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a lot, it's more MLS experience that we've been needing. We've got Andrew Gutman in, who also was very experienced MLS player, but a lot of our signings came from abroad. So I think this is a great signing for him to take control of the midfield with experience in our league. And John, I know you kind of led the crusade for the blurry Acosta pick. So I'd love your feelings on not only Kellen Acosta signing, but also the way he was officially announced. Did you love that? Yeah, man, it was awesome. I mean, honestly, just to see the way the club is kind of having fun with all the goofiness going on uh, on Twitter right now has been great. And then, you know, on top of that, you get a guy who can maybe kind of push us over the top and make us a real playoff team. So honestly, just, just a lot of fun overall. 
Yeah. Fun is at the end of the day, anything, all of us are the only thing all of us want to have. We want to have some fun and it looks like this team is going to at least fight and, and provide us a little fun to watch. So a lot to look forward to if you're a Chicago fire fan, before we get into the community takes, it's really important that as a host, we take a few minutes to talk about our own personal takes. There's a lot of you and very few of us. And because we are hosting, we have that privilege. And I know all three of us and uh, have these really, really hot takes. I'm going to kick it off. And I, I just thought of this one, I'm going to be honest, about 20 minutes ago. And I don't know who, and I don't want to be questioned on who, but I'm telling you right now, the Chicago Fire are going to finish in fifth in the East, first of all. Fifth in the East. Remember that. It's going to happen. But additionally, they're going to have three All-Stars. I don't know who. I don't care who. But they're going to have three All-Stars. It's like 2017 when we had like Basti, Nico, and uh, Johan at Soldier, Soldier Field playing Real Madrid. It's going to be like that, but obviously it's not at Soldier Field. And I don't care if you think I'm wrong because I'm not wrong. I'm just manifesting this. And, you know, it's a hot take for a reason. So that's my personal hot take. I'll pass it over to Paul. Paul, what are you thinking? Um, so predictions for the season, I think it's going to be a great start for the Fire. I think it'll be a decision day sneak into the playoffs for this team. I think the summer is going to be long and hard for a lot of these players. We're going to have to use a lot of the team's depth, which takes me to my hot take, which I think uh, Omari Glasgow will make over 10 first-team appearances for the Chicago Fire this season. And I'm wondering, as you say that, actually how feasible that is, because if you're paying any attention to Chicago Fire preseason, you know that Amari has traveled with the team in both segments of offseason, and he's also done a ton of playing time in all these games. So I'm really curious to see if that's a hot take or if like Paul's actually onto something because Amari's been with the team for a couple of years now, the second team that is, and it's about time that we see him on the first team. And with the Leagues Cup and U.S. Open Cup later in the season, Paul, I think you might actually be onto something, but for now we'll call it hot. We'll reevaluate in the summer. Joe, what are you thinking? We're taking the Leagues Cup, boys. My God. That's what we're going to, we're going to win it all. We're going to win it all. It's going to be, I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to be us and Leo Messi. They're trying to defend their crown and we're just going to stomp them. And the fire, the fire are back. (laughs) Wait, so just to confirm, Joey. Amari Glasgow Glasgow will make it happen. (laughs) You will. All all I'm saying is if Amari Glasgow is starting in, in, in the league's cup final, there's something seriously wrong with our injury depth chart, um, especially with a YDP open like that should be filled. But Joe, that's definitely the hottest take out of the three. Actually, that might not be, but it's definitely a good one. Um, so thanks for sharing. As you can tell, we have a lot of hot takes. We have a lot of very, very strong feelings, and we know people in our community do too. So we want to hear from all of you guys. I'm going to pass it over to John to intro our next segment and get into the community takes. Alrighty, guys. Community takes starting strong. Basis on this first section, we've got same shit, different day, right? We've got the same brain trust debuting a brand new look fire um, and just trying to get an idea of where we stand. So first, talking about Garrett Heights, uh, even if everything turns out, we hope, do you guys feel confident he is the right person to lead this team in 2025 and beyond or even in the summer window for 24? So we got from Eat the Big One. He says, even if the team succeeds this year, Garrett Heights is still the wrong man to be in charge of player acquisition, and he thinks the fire will finish around fifth in the year. So, uh, Matt, where, where are you at? Listen, 
here's it's very simple in my head if we win games i'm fine with heights if we lose games i'm not fine with heights ultimately you know he is the guy that is putting the team together the coach together if we win games i'm cool with him i have no problem he's put together a team that can win games let's see if they actually do it you know i i disagree with from eat the big one first like if the team succeeds this year heights stays in my opinion. And I'm wondering if the other guys agree with that, but I see no reason to punish him for making the playoffs after he's had a, let's be real, like a really quality off season. So I disagree with from the big one first year. And of course, if Heights doesn't succeed and he fails and the team sucks, yeah, get him out of here. It's time to, you know, rethink everything. Um, but for now he has my, you know, check Mark for now and we'll reevaluate at the end of the season. I, I 100% agree with Matt. I put out a thing on Twitter earlier talking about how just 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 a, just a broad apology, um, but also, yeah, like Matt said, he put together a successful offseason, something he hasn't done before. They've hit on targets that they've wanted. They've been again. He's put the team together. So if they win, we're good. If not, Heights Clown's coming back. Yeah, I can. I agree. I can see both sides of this because. I think there is a situation where this team succeeds and heights isn't the answer because it kind of depends on why it succeeds and could it could, what players it comes down to. And if we start looking, if it comes down to guys like UT or please Glasgow, guys that have been in the youth system or whatever for years and not really coming through his signings, then we can say, well, we're still leaning on like the old guard right now. So that's, a definite thing to take into account, but I do think that if the signings come in, make a change, and this team's a success, I think he's the right man. And we doubt, like I've been a doubter for a long time, but yeah, I think he's the right man. And I just want to hop in there real quick, John, before we go to the next question and say my concern is if Hugo Kuypers doesn't score 20 goals this season and scores 10, and Kellen Acosta, you know, is largely sidelined due to injury. Uh, are people going to use that as leverage against Heights, or are they going to allow him to have two years? Because we know how difficult MLS is a league, as a league is to come in and compete immediately. And some people believe that it might take you know a guy like Hugo and Aragoni and Sulquist a couple of years to actually get in stride. So just something to think about. You know, even if we don't, even if we finish you know, seventh or eighth, make the playoffs barely, like two or three points. Um, we need to think about the following year as well. And I don't want people, you know, hounding heights saying, Oh, you suck. You suck. If we finish seventh, eighth or ninth, when we got to give these guys at least a season under their belt uh, before they're truly, truly going to be competitive. We can make the playoffs this year, but we're not going to be truly, truly competitive until at least next year. Just some food for thought as we continue our discussion. Alrighty. And moving on the other side of the coin, the other half of the brain trust, we've got Frank Klopas. Uh, the big question here, should we have hired an actual coach? No disrespect to Frank, but there is a question around, will he actually be able to lead this team to the playoff success we're hoping to see? So first from Christian Hirschbeck, uh, he says, Frank will be what holds this roster back the most. Uh, he thinks we'll finish somewhere between five and nine in the East with a second round exit. And then Frank, ironically enough, uh, he says, please give me reasons I should believe Klopas won't screw this up. This is the best transfer window we've had in a long time. But if we're real, Frank is not the guy to lead this team long term. Uh, and he's also a bit upset. Feels Ezra didn't get a fair shake uh, in his time here. So, Joe, why don't you start us? Where, where are you at with Frank specifically? 
he, again, the reason we couldn't get a head coach and the people that we wanted was, was because we had a roster that who wants to come, who wants to come work with, you know, the squad that we had rolling out last year. And then the prospects weren't looking all that good. I don't see Frank as I don't see him as a settling person. I see him as the caretaker of this club that is going to, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to keep this club afloat, get these guys working together, make them what he's always done of, you know, making people, you know, like proud to be a Chicago Fire player. So I don't think he's going to be a reason that's going to hold him back. I think he's going to be a solid placeholding caretaker for next year. So when we play better and the, you know, what we see is more of a known quantity that coaches are going to want to come here and be a part of it. Uh, so that's, that's my feeling on it. Um, I, and I also don't agree with uh, ninth. Um, I don't think we're going to squeak into the playoffs, uh, but I do see an early round exit in our future. But yeah, I, again, I just do not think that Frank is going to be the one that's going to hold us back. Yeah, um, I think Frank wants a reason to believe all class won't screw it up. I think the answer's in the hot take there. It's the fact that this was the best transfer window in a long time. And we, feel, we think that because we feel that he's got the players that he wanted. So last season, we were frustrated with him, but we all knew that he didn't have the players that he wanted to play the system he was trying to implement. So I, I feel confident with Frank this year. I do think there is reason to believe, believe that he could be a weak link in this current squad uh, or team. Um, but I don't think he is at all. I struggle with this question, I'll be honest. Um, Frank's my coach. You know, He's the guy who was hired for the job. And I'm going to be behind him 100% of the time. And I never want to badmouth Frank because this is a ring of fire guy. This is a guy who loves the club. That being said they probably should have hired a different coach. Now I'm going to withhold judgment because I was judging Heights before this preseason and he's done a great job and I'm going to withhold judgment till the end of the season, you know, to have a better understanding of, okay, do I actually like, you know, term two, so to speak of Frank Klobos, but my, my heart and head tell me that we should have hired a different coach. And I would agree with Christian and I would agree with Frank. Uh, my concern is that Klobos is going to hold this roster back. And that's this is a situation where if I'm right, I get to pat myself on the back. And if I'm wrong, that means my team's going to win a lot of fucking games. So I really can't, <laughs> I really can't lose here. And I'm rooting for him. You know, he is fire through and through. You know, he might not be a master tactician like a Pep or anything, or even like a Wolf or Nancy over there in Columbus. But dude's going to give his heart. And you you know that every guy who's going to play for him is going to play for the badge. It's going to play with high energy and is it, going to fight uh, for the club. And that. To, to a diehard fan, and I know all of us are diehard fans here, like, that means something. And from that angle, I'm very excited to watch Frank lead this team. I just hope his uh, his tactical brain uh, changes, and I think bringing in a new set of assistant coaches will be good, and it's definitely a stronger, you know, coaching group overall compared to last year, and a better team. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it, and I'm wishing him all the best. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree on that part at the very least. Um, all right, cool. Moving away from the branches, we're going into supporter culture. There's been a ton of talk recently. I mean, obviously the club's having some fun, but I think the biggest thing on everybody's mind has been the club trying to institute these new traditions. 
the most notable is probably the goal song. Um, I think Josh kind of sums it up pretty well here. Uh, so Josh says, I feel like in the most recent post from Chicago Fire with Match Day Traditions, the choices in the goal songs were a bit basic, and they've completely forgotten about the old goal song and what it meant to the team and supporters. It resonated within the team, having a goal song that's made for the club, and the fans loved it. Um, so he wants to know, where do you guys fall on the spectrum there? Um, Paul, if you want to start us with this one, how do you feel about the old song? How do you feel about the way the club is handling trying to instill these new traditions? Yeah, um, I like all fire fans, I like the old song. Um, I'd heard it a bunch of times, you know, the tailgates. Um, but honestly, of all the times I've gone to fire games, I'd never noticed the goal song. So I didn't, had no idea that we had a song that played. I thought I only heard the alarms and stuff, and the sirens and the cheering. Um, so I was happy when I saw they were trying to make some kind of make it a thing, having the goal song. And like most fire fans, thought the options weren't the best, but I was okay with them. And I think the desire for the old song, I understand it, but I feel like the anger is a bit too much over it. I think there's a bit too much of like this came, this happened after the Kuipers and the Acosta news, and the next thing we know, Twitter's uh, fire Twitter's all angry over the song, and it's the song. Maybe it's just maybe they just can't get it for use in the stadium in a way that's legal and the artist gets their dues. Maybe that's difficult. So maybe we should be pushing more for that instead of getting angry at the front office. Um, so I'm just kind of like. I just think it's as big a deal as it's been made out to be. It'd be nice if they'd done it, but I think I've got other things to be focusing on right now. Yeah, you know, I largely agree with Paul. Uh, I grew up during the time when that was the goal song. I grew up a firefighter, I should say. And that song has a lot of connection to me. And I know everyone who's really interested in the old goal song coming back already has a really quality established connection with the Chicago fire and their fandoms there. And that's why they hold on to that song. That's super, super precious. Um, that being said, I think in the grand scheme of things, there's battles that we should be fighting and focusing our energy on. And this doesn't necessarily have to be one. I think one of the reasons that the club is trying to institute a new goal song is to kind of foster that connection with new fans. Like we have with the old song. And, you know, there's a, there's a feeling out there that some old school fire fans don't actually want new fans in and, you know, kind of hold the old traditions like at heart and they're very precious to them, which is understandable. Uh, but from a marketing perspective and from an individual and speaking on behalf of myself who wants the fire community to grow, I understand the decision. And as a result, I'm comfortable with the decision. I have feelings on what the songs would be. And I'm not a huge fan of the, the goal songs that they provided. Like, like, uh, like Josh mentioned, they're a bit basic. Uh, but, I, but I get it. Like, Find something catchy and fun that a casual fan will come to a game for and be like, oh, this is so unique um, and so fun and so fire. And then they'll come back and they'll be singing that song after we bang. Hugo, Hugo Kuypers scores four goals against Inter-Miami this summer. Bang, bang, bang. That's how I feel. Yeah, I agree that it... <clears throat> I was one of the... When I was first listening to it, because I've heard in the tailgates, I love the song. I love how I love that the song is easy to chant. It's easy to dance around with. Um, however, I'm going to go from a strictly just audio quality file of that. You know, it's an it was older recorded. It's not the high, most high fidelity song. I don't think it would sound good over Soldier Field speakers, and that's my only you know content with it. And I agree with Matt and 
and uh, and Paul and everybody else, where it's I think that the the off of the the choices that they gave were very basic, and that's about that's all I have on that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so quick hitter on this kind of second half, and it was uh, Hayden who asked this. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was Johnny. If you guys could pick the goal song, it can't be the OG song. It cannot be any of the four that the Fire selected. What would it be, Matt? We'll start with you. Oh man, um, I've struggled with this question. On one hand, I'm like something ACDC, something rock, get the blood flowing. You know that keeps the core values of the old song: rock, drums, electric guitar, all that jazz. Um, but I think the one that I really like to see is something like like a, "We Didn't Start the Fire," Billy Joel. Something that you know uses the word "fire" in it, and uh, fans can connect to that. But it's also a very memorable song, a song that everyone knows already, and there's really no learning curve. So. I'm going to go with that. That might be a hot take, but that's the whole point of the show, so I don't really care. Joe. Fire Burning by Sean Kingston. Oh, wait, that's a, du- that's a W, dude. Paul, what, what would yours be? Uh, I think I would go... I think I've got to go Scottish, but with a Chicago connection, because I've always got to be one. I'm going Chelsea Dagger. I, I, Interesting. Isn't it kind of like stealing, though? You know? Well, it's like a Chicago connection. It's a popular football chant from back in the day. It's jumpy. You can chant and jump around. Kids will be running around going do 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 again. Hopefully, if we get a dynasty back, it'd be nice. I like the idea. Uh, cool. Uh, next one from Eric DGOA. A little bit different, and I kind of want to get, uh, so it'll be a quick hitter. But So, Eric says uh, Chicago Fire will see at least. Uh, 30,000 people for three to four games, not against Inter-Miami next year. So I'm going to set it at two and a half. Actually, I'll set it at one and a half. What is, from each of you, the over-under? Are you taking the over or the under on uh, attendance higher than 30,000? And what do you think the club would need to do to make that happen? So, uh, Matt, why don't you start with you? I mean, if the line's at one and a half, I'm going to have to bet on the over. That's that's saying yeah. that one game out. Is this, wait, John, point of clarification. Is this including the Miami game or not including the Miami this game? Is, Miami. This, Eric says not including Miami. So we are not including uh, Miami over under one and a half. Listen, this just might be my raging optimism, but this is how I operate as a human. I'm still taking the over. And I'm putting like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm putting I'm putting the over on it. There's no reason that say we start off really well in the season, which obviously isn't guaranteed. We know the club likes to you know tie the first eight games in a row, and it's super boring and slow. But if we get off to a good start, summer comes around. There's no reason we couldn't fit 30k in Soldier Field bare minimum at least two times during the summer. Uh, I that could very well not happen, and you know this is why we bet. Um, because you never know when you're wrong, but that's how I feel. And that's what my heart tells me. And sometimes John, you just have to go with your heart. Joe. I'm betting the over for sure. I think it's probably going to be closer to four or five games that we have over 30, especially if the team's hot. So Chicago will show up. Paul, you, you seem to be the odd man out here. No, I'm, I'm taking you over here. Oh, I think you shook your head. My bad. No, I think it's, 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 very possible, I think. We've got Columbus. Uh, we've got the League's, Leagues Cup final. Uh, Mario Glasgow's <laughs> debut. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I think another thing we Fire need to like, jump on is the fact that the only afternoon kickoff the Fire have this season is against Montreal on the same day they died River Evergreen. 
it's a, it's a, the downtown area is going to be full of drunk people looking for somewhere to go. Let's get them in Soldier Field. I'm so down. I love that idea. Let's get all the drunk people to Soldier Field. That would make the tailgates so much better. We need yeah. more drunk people. I agree. Good take. I'm, already, w. I'm already working with the Chicago CSC boys to get the Celtic game on at the tailgate and stuff. So we're going to have a little crowd there. Oh, man. You're telling me there's going to be a bunch of drunk Scotsmen at Chicago Fire tailgates? Promising it. If Adidas isn't already working on a green fire kit, they're, they're missing out. Um, wonderful. Love it. Love it. Uh, for what it's worth, I'm also hitting the over. I'm hammering that over into oblivion, even if it was like three and a half. Uh, Life's too cool. short to bet the under. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Moving on to the roster construction. This is probably what everybody's been waiting for. We're going to start it with Rudy here, and I think it's kind of interesting given what MLS schedules are going to look like this summer. Um, Rudy says the players will be run into the ground by August. We're going to have an over-reliance on veterans and the shiny new forwards, and he thinks we're going to finish somewhere around six in the East. Uh, Paul, why don't you start us on this one? Um, so I, I'm going to agree with Rudy here, because that would basically mean Amari Glasgow makes his appearances. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to need to really rely on our depth, especially with the Euros this summer. Um, there's going to be some very tired teams out there. Um, I don't think the fire will be affected too much by it, but we'll see it because we're going to be expected to we might go on our winning run in the summer if other teams have bigger players away. Um, so I think come August, like last, like last year, we could just see things start to fall apart. Yeah, I think I definitely do think we're going to get the injury bug this year. But, I mean, I th- <laughs> everyone in MLS is, starts getting run down in August. And I think that's going to be the test for the entire league. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I don't think we're going to come in and demolish everyone in the regular season. You know, MLS, the way that MLS teams are structured means they're not able to actually succeed playing three cup competitions at once without being fatigued and tired and gross um, and, and that's that, you know, they're going to be exhausted. That being said, you're really going to have to like put these young guys to work when it comes time for us open cup and leagues cup and MLS simultaneously. And that's where the opportunity comes for guys like Casas and Sergio Oregal who, who don't get a lot of first team playing time. They're going to have to do their part. And if they don't do that part, the injury bug's going to kill us just like it's going to kill every team in MLS. So it comes down to, which team and their young players and their depth are going to come alive during that summer block where things get super, super heated. Will it be the fire? Let's be real. Probably not. That's just history shows us that Um, there's teams out there with more depth. Look at Columbus, look at Orlando, what they're doing down there. They're a lot more built with veteran players throughout the stage, proven players throughout their whole roster uh, to succeed. But the way MLS is structured, the only thing that will you know, not run the players into the ground by August is expanding the rosters and maybe even for these cup competitions, um, expanding the rosters to like 30, inviting CF2 players in to uh, the first team roster to kind of compensate for some of the tired legs going on on the first team roster itself. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long one. Uh, All right, cool. Moving on, uh, we have from Hayden here. He says, uh, Hugo Kuypers will not score more than 10 goals this season. I don't think he'll adapt as quickly as some do. 
uh, and it'll cause the entire fan base to ask if he was worth the, worth the money we paid. We think we'll finish around fifth or sixth in the East. So, uh, Joe, I'll let you start on this one. A, do you think Kuiper's clears 10 goals? Uh, and B, what, what do you think the take? Uh, I think they'll clear 10 goals, but I don't hate this take, and I don't think from the experience we've had with our DPs lately, um, the Heights DPs, I, uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that's a bad take, but I think we'll have more than ten goals. That's maybe it's just you know naked optimism, but but I agree, and I I could see why he, why he'd be concerned. Yeah, Matt, where are you? I'm going with fifteen goals, fifteen goals in the next season, twenty goals. Um, I know this fan base has very very short patience for pretty much every single player on the team. And I know that when he doesn't hit that 15 goal marker, maybe he doesn't even hit that 10 goal mark. People are going to call for his head, which I vehemently disagree with. Once again, I said this earlier, you got to give these guys time. Even the best players, you got to give them a little time. Uh, you know, Hugo is not messy at the end of the day. We all know that. Give him, a, give him time. That being said, I think he's going to surprise people. I think he's going to surprise Hayden. And then he's bagging 15, maybe 20 in all competitions. All right, Paul. Yeah, I think he'll get more than ten. I think he'll he'll start off um he'll start off pretty quickly, maybe dip uh, mid to late spring and then come summer he'll come back alive again. It seems to be the kind of type of striker that once the ball just falls to him in the box, he just knows how to get it across the line. And uh, you don't need to be super fit or really gelling with the rest of your team to get him across the line every time, you just need to be in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. Um Awesome, awesome. So moving on to uh, Hans Martin. And so this is kind of a two-parter. So we have Hans Martin and Bro Comey John DeRoy saying kind of the same thing. So Hans says, uh, with a good striker and Chris Mueller back, Shaq is going to hit 20 goal contributions. Uh, and Bro Comey John says, it's a contract year. Shaq is going to ball out. Uh, so we'll start with Paul. How do you feel about the 20 goals and assists? Where do you think Shaq ends up this year? We just said a... Uh that's all we go with the over so I'm taking it on this one um, decides to be the season he balls out it's been, he's been good but underwhelming for most of his Chicago Fire career despite what the NLS Twitter page would like you to believe um, it's going to be an interesting season when it's, when it's actually gels with Kuipers I'm glad that he's not going to be the main focus of our team anymore I think that was the wrong decision to make him that player in the squad um, so on a role where the focus is elsewhere and he's able to just do his thing and play his usual passes, I'm happy about it. And I think, I think the 20 goals, goal contributions most will be assists. I can't see him scoring much. I love the broke homie John D saying contract year Shaq will ball out. And although I don't think we're going to resign him, I do think he's going to have his best season as a member of the Chicago Fire for a couple reasons. One, it's his third season, so he better damn have a better good season than the first two. And two, he's surrounded by more quality. He's surrounded by a real striker. Hopefully by the time summer comes around, maybe even by the beginning of the season, he'll have another star winger and then quality winger depth around him. He's got a solid 10 who's continuing to grow. There's no reason the, the, the bar should be bare minimum 20 goals and assists. He hasn't done it yet. I think his high is probably like 13, 11, something like that. Six goals, five assists. That sounds right in my head. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll take the over on this too. He's going to ball out. It won't matter. We're not going to re-sign him. 
um, th- those resources are going to be allocated to to better signings. But he's he's going to ball up, and he's gonna he's gonna have. I'm just formally calling it 13 goals and 10 assists. That's what I'm calling it. At. Actually, flip it, flip it. 13 assists, 10 goals. Lock it in. Ching cheek. I don't know what that was, but I locked it in. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's uh, he's gonna have a breakout year in, in in a very sad way. But I do think he'll hit exactly 20 goals and assists. I'm not gonna bet the over. I think he'll get at, le- at least exactly 20. Yeah, and uh, um, another thing to say about Shaq is a good thing is that he will be getting sent home from the Euros early this year because he's in a group with Scotland. Now, Paul, that is what we call a hot take. You know, I love John McGinn. I love Aston Villa. And therefore, I'm like partially a Scotland fan because of John McGinn. But I I, I could comfortably tell you here, Paul, I'll make this bet with you live on hot takes right now. Okay. If Scotland lose, no, excuse me. If Scotland beat Switzerland in the Euros, you can take over as the host of hot takes. I will resign my title and you will be the new host. I don't even care if you want it. That's the bet. Um, right, do you accept? It. Okay, I great. Bet. You you heard it here first. I look forward to watching this game with you. Maybe we'll go live on MIR watching it down the line. Maybe we'll. Wow. Gambling now and everything. We're gonna need a we're gonna need a sponsor here pretty soon. For for the record guys, uh, I'm scrolling through FB ref right now. I don't think Jordan Shakiri has had twenty goal contributions in almost a decade. So just so we're all on the same page. Uh, not since well, he was back at Bayern. Is there's there's something called the late bloomer, John, and I'm I think all three of us are very confident that he's going to to do it now. This is a year. Everyone just believe, like Ted Lasso said, and put on his yeah. locker room. Believe. Everybody knows athletes prime at thirty two. Uh, yes, exactly. All right. Cool. So uh, I think only Joe needs to answer this next one. It's a question from Joao Cristiano. Um, it's not a question; it's a take, and it's one I think we all. Feels hot to say the least. Uh, Brian Gutierrez and Giorgio Scutias will both have over 25 goal contributions this season and will both make the all star team. He sees us being third in the East, which makes sense given the stats. Joe, uh, you, you felt pretty strongly here. Big W. Big W. This is, this is the kind of hot taking we need in the Chicago Fire community. Big W. A plus. He wins hot takes and I uh, I let the rest of my time. Uh, matter, Paul, what do you guys want to win? Paul, go first, man. I feel like I'm going to have to ditch my always take the over here. <laughs> Wait, did I hear that correctly? I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. Paul's taking the over here? No, I'm going to ditch taking the over. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I was about to say the vibes have gotten too strong here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my God. <laughs> that, um, is a, that is a lot of goals. It's not impossible, but quite improbable. And just to be clear, this is this is twenty five for each of them, not twenty five total between the two. Don't care. Biggest I W in the history of takes. It could happen if they only assist each other. Yeah, Brian Gutierrez assists twenty five goals to Georgios Kutsias exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. All I gotta say on this. All I gotta say on this is. Um, Joe's ego is really coming into play here. I know this was something that he tweeted out and now he's like, I need to vicariously defend this take with my life. Um, 
But uh, Joe, I hear you. You're wrong. I look forward to you being wrong. I'm not going to make a bet with you because I just made a bet with Paul and that was scary enough. Uh, but I value your confidence. And that's the whole point of the show is the is to express your hot takes in meaningful ways. But I can tell you, Joe, you're, you're definitely wrong. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Touche, brother. You know I still love you. Even when they Guti ends up scoring twice and assisting 10 times, Kutsias might not even hit double-digit goals. If we can be real for a second, he might not even hit double-digit minutes. Tom Barlow is going to scoop up all his time. Well, we'll see what happens. Lord. All right, all right. Uh, so Robert's got our next one, and uh, Robert says, uh, Fabian Herbers has been a bright spot these last few years. He is a solid MLS player and is versatile and gives it his all every time he's on pitch. Uh, he says we'll be about flipping the East. Joe, we'll start with you again. Uh, what are your thoughts on Fabian? He, he, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, you just watched him play, and if you watched, if any of you guys watched the live stream, he's just he 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 is what a Chicago Flyers player should be. I love him so much, and uh, yep, I couldn't have said it better than him. A lot of people are saying fifth, you know, fourth or fifth in the East. Man, you might be onto something. You know, I, I like Fabi. I don't love him as much as Joe does, but I think all MLS teams that are going to succeed, need a guy like him, a guy who's committed to playing four or five different positions um, and come off the bench at various times, halftime, 89th minute, and and provide some energy and maybe even provide a goal contribution. And I also value players that play for the badge more than just like three years. You know, Fabi is one of very few fire players in recent times that have actually been here for an extended period of time. He's our longest tenure player. And that's something that I, that I respect. He clearly has a home in Chicago. He's the only player who's seen all three logos, um, which is like wild to me. Um, and, and that shows that he's been here for a minute and he's seen three or four different coaches. He's a dog. He's a bulldog. I'm glad to have him on the roster. That being said, I don't think he's like your sixth man. I don't think he's your first man off the bench anymore. If he's the first man off your bench, you don't have the depth at MLS to succeed, but he's a guy who's going to contribute throughout the season, spot starts, goal or two here and there, and Fire fans will definitely consider him to be a fan favorite. Yeah, um, similar to what I said, I think every, every team in the world needs a guy like Herbert. A guy who can show up, play any position, is confident, is can pop in an important goal when it's needed. I think most great teams can think of a guy in the squad who played that role. So I, I like him, and like Matt said, he's been around a long time, knows the team, knows the club, knows the city. Uh, I like him. I don't know if we'll see him here much longer, but right now I'm happy he's in the squad. But I also want to add, Fabian Hair Bears. Hair Bears. <laughs> For those of you who I, don't get that. I wanted to on, take Joe. over. Yeah, yeah. For those of you that don't get it, the, the whoever the commentator was for the LAFC live stream, he's the Jairo Torres of of uh, play by play people. He couldn't get a name right, and I fell out of my chair when he said Fabian Hair Bears. It was the greatest thing ever. John, all I'm going to have to say is I know you got your um, Jonathan Dean. You know, Harold's chicken like front kit, not like front kit, confetti kit. Your next one should be a Fabian Herber's red jersey. Um, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Feel free to provide yeah. feedback on that one. Yeah, you know, uh, 
I think I think all of you guys know this at this point. One of my favorite things to do is just troll eBay for like old fire gear because I think it's a good time. I may need to find like an OG badge jersey without a number and and throw Fabi on the back of that as kind of a little tribute to his tenure here, um, or maybe even a crown one. Who knows? I don't have a crown uh, a crown jersey, so maybe worth doing. But I don't I don't hate that idea, Matt. Just make them all uh, all of them are mean kids. That's the whole fun. Hey, I come here uh, with good ideas, John. That's my goal. <laughs> Absolutely. That actually works well. We're moving into uh, a question specifically about the defense and the right back position. So this is from Avi. Uh, and Avi says, uh, we should be starting Suke and all these defensive reinforcements are not necessary. Um, well, the uh, upgrade from Navarro to Gutman is apparent. Um, we already had Dean at right back for depth. We didn't need the guy from Dynamo, and Suke's ability as a wingback is valuable to the team, especially as it allows uh, Marin Guti or Fabi, uh, whoever's on the right wing, to play more centrally, um, to allow them to, to play inside. And Kuypers is a guy who likes service from the wing, which they feel Arno can do well. Uh, Abu feels will be around fourth in the East. Um, Paul, I'll let you start with this one. How are you feeling about this, uh, this love for Arno Suke? <laughs> Quite weird because I feel, thought it was well known that uh, Kate doesn't want to be here and Frank doesn't want him in the squad. Um, so yeah, as much as it would be nice to have him in the squad and want to be here, he doesn't want to be here. So next, yeah, Matt, I want to push back on something Paul said. I think it's more Frank doesn't want him. I think he really enjoys being the city. If you follow him on Instagram, he's always posting around. And the fact that he's getting his green card shows that he enjoys being a member uh, playing in the United States of America and most likely is going to get traded internally. And I think he really enjoys his time in the States. I just don't think Frank likes his profile. He brings as a, as a player and because of his large cap hit, that you know means he's on the outs. That being said, um, everyone knows, or if you don't know, I should rephrase that. I'm an Arnaud Suke truther, and I'm going to be really upset to see him go. I like to preach all the time how players need more than one season to adapt to the league, and I think the same should apply with Suke. Obviously, Frank and Co. and a lot of the community doesn't feel that way, and that's okay. But I'm comfortable with Suke starting. That being said, with Dean and Aragoni on the roster, you know it's not going to happen. So I'm like getting out of my Suke phase. Uh, I really like the Goodman one. I know I'm biased. I'm a Hoosier, but this is a guy who is a very, very high caliber attacking um, left back who could service as a left wing back. He had a really good, healthy chunk of goals and assists for both Atlanta United and Colorado last season. And a guy I think is, is an improvement. And Gasper is once again, I'm happy to see him signed because that shows that Heights understand is starting to understand the league and is inquiring players from the league that have vast experience, you know, Gasper's played for Houston, LA, Minnesota United, among others. And although he's not going to be, you know, a star left back like uh, Kai Wagner on Philly, but this is a spot starter who's going to provide a lot of depth, similarly to Jonathan Dean, and who I think is going to contribute to the success of this team at the end of the day. Uh, so, Suke, bye bye. I'm sorry it didn't work out like Hiro. Uh, ultimately, though, I think we're in a pretty good place. Yeah. Joe, you want to tap in? Yeah, I won't add too much to what Matt said. Um, the only thing I can say with Suke is when he was on the field and played here, he was very similar to, you know, where Fabi, where he was 100% all the time, full speed, um, 
but yeah, it just didn't work out. Um, I disagree that we didn't need reinforcements, and uh, yeah, I think Matt to hit it right on the head. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome, buddy. Great, great teamwork, guys. Great teamwork. Um, all right, last bit of, of roster questions. This is from Stevius. Uh, and he says that Fede is finally going to break out next to Kellen in the midfield. Um, so, Matt, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think? Is it going to happen? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, between him and Gaston, Gaston's never really been able to hit his stride. And I think if your other partner in the double pivot isn't able to hit his stride, uh, a lot of the times that affects you as a player, especially as a young player like Fetty. You're bringing a guy like Acosta who's going to run that double pivot with Fetty, and I think you're finally going to see something out of him. Now, Fetty's skill set is really limited. He's like not the most technically gifted player in the world. He's a destroyer. He'll run around. He'll eat you up. He'll take a yellow card. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how he operates with Kellen in that midfield. And I think this is kind of his last year to figure it out. If he doesn't figure it out this year, which, once again, I think it's his highest chance of figuring out, he's going to succeed next to an MLS veteran midfielder. But if he doesn't, then it's time to look towards the future um, and, and find someone who could possibly be a better partner for Kellen Acosta in there. But I'm feeling pretty confident, and I like Fetty. He, he's, a, he's a contributor. He's a guy that's, like I said, is a bulldog, kind of like Fabi, and I value those type of players. Again, I don't know if you're if we're sharing brains, but I, I definitely feel exactly the same. You know, he's, I don't think he's ever really been bad here, uh, but I haven't seen the growth. You know, it's been the same, you know, yellow card problems and just the skill set, like Matt said, isn't, I haven't really seen anything expand. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think, like, I think, you know, Kellen, I think Hugo, I think Gutman, I think. You know, they're gonna, they're all, they're going to make the people around them better, and that's yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I think a lot of issues we have with Freddie last season were was just stupid flip fouls, stupid mistakes, and I think having a more experienced midfielder next to him will really help him make better decisions on the field. So I think it can only work out better for Freddie. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I do want to. One add-on to that, Matt, when you said kind of evaluating Fede, is that a summer transfer window thing or a winter transfer window thing? Uh, I'll preface it by saying I don't actually know. Um, like, this is an insider information. This is my personal opinion and thought process on it. Um, I think that it's he has the full season. Um, full season to figure it out. Summer is not really in the picture. And if he doesn't figure out, it out then you know come time for the offseason and the transfer window opens up then i think you evaluate his position with the club and can you find a suitable replacement gotcha. awesome cool so we are going to move to our, our quick hit section so this is real fast yes or no or, or very a or b answers um so the first one uh this is actually an mls take we got from adam and i'm going to simplify it so you guys can give a quick hit on it but Adam says that MLS is more entertaining because there is a big difference in quality between the attacking players and the defensive players because DPs are more likely to be attackers. Um, so you get more quality there and less on the defensive side. And adding a fourth DP spot would just allow teams to improve the defense, which could make the league less fun to watch. So I'll ask each of you if you could make one change to the MLS roster rules, your commissioner for, for one action, what would it be? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. 
I think it'd be raising the salary cap, um, not including the DPs. The problem is depth. You know, disregard, you know, doing another, adding another fourth DP spot, raise the cap space by X amount of dollars, and you'll see the, 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 the quality of the overall rosters improve. And I just real quick, John, I know this is quick hits, but I want to say that people who find MLS entertaining because it's a shitty quality is not actually good for the league. I would rather have it be quote unquote more boring if it meant that the overall quality of play was better. That's my personal take, but I don't want people to just think of the league as, oh, these are crappy ass mid Americans running around with their pants off. That's not fun. You know, I want us to have some respect for our league and for our country and for the sport here. Um, and if that means, you know, it's a little bit more possessive based and not running into each other like some MLS games are, so be it. Yeah, um, just to jump on what Matt said there, um, what Adam said at the start of it, what I used to say to people to get them into MLS when I was living back in the UK, thought great attackers against uh, amateur defenders. And the more I watched the league, the more I realised how wrong that is. Um, I think it's a way to sell the game, but I think it's quite a legal way to sell the game and doesn't serve the game uh, the purpose at all. However, uh, one change to me as a commissioner of the league, I think uh, I would just get rid of the whole DP thing and just yeah, get rid of the cat. Uh, it's the main thing holding the league together. Um, I, as much as I like promotion relegation, I just can't see it happening in America anytime soon. Yeah. Joe? I think add the fourth DP and up the salary cap for periphery guys. And maybe change the, t- the you know like the TAM and the GAM and all the MLS funny money rules because they're too confusing. But I don't I don't think that a fourth DP would uh, would hurt the would make the league less fun. Love that. Your one change is three changes. That's perfect. Perfect. All right. <laughs> uh, next from Juan, he says. The fire are almost back, but not quite. And he thinks Gucci will be in Europe next summer. So this is a two-parter. First, are we so back or is it Jover? And uh, Gucci will be in Chicago or will he be in Europe next year? And then you get bonus points if you say what clever country he'll land in. Um, Matt, we'll start you at this one. I mean, of course we're back. And I know that's very emotional considering we signed Kellen Acosta not even what probably like two hours ago. So yes, it is emotional, but heck yeah, we're back. Like we finally have something to look forward to as fire fans. And we've said that every single year, but this year, once again, it feels that way. And it, it feels different because we're actually signing players within the league and signing players that are record transfers uh, in the club. So yeah, of course you're back. And yeah, it's going to be super fun. Even when we inevitably don't make the playoffs, just kidding. We're going to make the playoffs. Uh, that being said, you know, Guti will be here all year. I'm pretty confident on that. I don't think he's hit his, breakout yet if he does hit his breakout maybe the summer but once again i don't think this is something this they're is gonna for figure out winter of 25 winter of, oh then uh, possibility you know ask me again in the summer after we evaluate the first half of the season but i'll go with yeah why not you know he makes the big money move and my hope is that he goes to a dutch team you know, maybe joins taylor Bo- taylor booth over there in utrecht uh, or even your best case scenario goes to a team like feyenoord you know Bassett did on the Rapids a few years ago. Um, so I'm going to say he's going to to the Eredivisie. Cool. Joe? I think he'll be here next year. Um, the Fire are back. And, uh, yeah, I don't think he's... 
like I said, Matt says, unless he hits his breakout, which I don't see him taking a big enough step to go to Europe this year, uh, he'll be back. He'll be he will be on Chicago Fire in the United States. Paul, uh, yeah, I think uh, the Fire are definitely back. I don't know if that means they're back, back, or just back on their bullshit. Um, that remains to be seen. Um, and I think Guti hasn't made the jump to be ready for Europe yet. Um, and if he doesn't make it this season, it won't happen. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, love that. Love that. For the record, I think we're back. Um, awesome. So Marco uh, has the next one. Marco says that a signing from this window will flop. He does not say who. He just says one of them is bound to. Um, so the question to all of you is, you have to pick one player acquired in this window who will flop. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you again. Who I was talking about this with a couple people, it feels maybe a week ago by now, and they had mentioned, I think it was Tim, Tim from MIR, one of our writers and one of our contributors on our other podcast. Uh, and he was talking about how it's very rare that like a guy like we loan a guy like Marin from Lugano and he actually succeeds. And in the case of Aragoni, I don't think that we're going to succeed twice in a row. I think we'd be very, very lucky. I don't think he's going to be that good. And I don't think he's going to be good. And part of that is because I want Suke to, like, the Suke leaving to feel validated in my own head. But I, I, I do think that Johnny Dean is going to be the starter by summer. And I think Aragoni's going to flop. And it's going to make people wonder uh, if Suke should have stayed ultimately and if Aragoni's actually the answer. So I'm going with the right back. With, with MLS All-Star Johnny Dean on the roster, it's going to be hard for him to shine. Uh, Paul, uh, who's your flop for this season? I think it's Barlow. Um, from what I little I saw of him on the stream at the weekend, it just didn't look at it for me, and he missed that big chance right in front of the goal. So I think he's, he's the one. Matt, Follow-up question. Can you can you be a flop when you weren't really that good in the first place? I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I kind of laughed because that was my exact thought. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I think yes. I think it's going to be worse than we even thought. All right, uh, Joe. I'm going to have to go with Barlow only because Aragoni sold it for me uh, on on the live stream when he basically saved a goal by himself. Uh, on the line. Uh, so, yeah. 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 All right. no, not a lot of... Logan's going to be very upset. Um, cool. Uh, and then the last quick hit we have is from uh, El Compo Speedy. He says, Jairo was a worse signing than Neri Castillo. I just want true or false from each of you. Matt. True. Screw it. True. Zero contributions in two years. True. Joe? True. Paul? Oh, ooh! All right, I like I like the descent. Um, and then before we wrap everything up, Joe, you you said you had an, uh, a super special hot take. Yes, there was a late add-on uh, that that didn't fill out the form. Um, but th- uh, I was told this is from definitely not Joe's wife. Um, just wanted to follow up from last year uh, when she gave her take that. Kai would not break the goal scoring record and Matt said she was dead wrong. And she just wants to, to gloat. Sorry, Joe. Didn't hear a word you just said. I'm going to be honest. You cut out. You don't have to repeat it. I promise. Um, 
No, uh, on a serious note, congratulations to the official man and woman, uh, aka Alyssa, for being correct on that. <laughs> uh, on that take, uh, I I messed up, but you know we're all human, and uh, it seemed on paper that Kai was really going to get there. What he needed one goal, and so it felt like it was an easy bargain to make. And you know, I don't know if she's listening right now, Joe. Now I know sometimes she's sitting right next to you, but tell her I said that she was right, I was wrong. Uh, yelling from the yelling from upstairs, she heard it and suck it mad. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's the last of our community notes. Uh, Matt, you want to you want to wrap us up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, John. Thanks for walking us through those. As quite insightful to to see some of us agreeing with each other, and then the third person who's just like, "Screw it, you guys are all wrong." Yeah. Um, but that's the whole point of the show is. You know, we want we want different opinions. And obviously, from all of these questions that John shared with all of us, this community has a wide ranging of thoughts on the status of the Chicago Fire and the future of the Chicago Fire. And we're excited to watch it play out real quick before I wrap up. I want to remind you guys of our schedule. Uh, the second Thursday of every month will be the pre-recorded episode posted uh, on our social media. And the last Thursday of every month, join us on Discord Live for a live hot takes where you're welcome to open up your mic, talk in the chat, uh, and share with us your thoughts live. Super, super fun. We did one last year. It was a blast, and we look forward to continuing them in 2024. Um, and finally, the Twitter space on Thursday right after the Jersey release, come join me and the crew and let's talk about it. We're really, really excited. I know. I think Paul, you're going to be there, right? Yep. I'll be at the Jersey lunch. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be a bunch of legends there. So it'll be fun. I'll be posting lots of pictures on social. Yeah. Follow, go ahead and uh, Paul, I'll let you share your social one minute, but I I just got to say that I'm not salty at all that you got invited and I didn't get invited. That's all I'm going to say. Paul, where can we find you on social media to watch all these wonderful photos and videos? Yeah, so uh, basically tw- uh, X, formerly Twitter, uh, at ctpaul 90 uh, is where I'll be posting all that stuff and usually talking all my Chicago Fire and Celtic nonsense on there. Joe, where can we find you? I will be on uh, Twitter that's not X, at Joe Tipman. John? Oh God! I still have that high school uh, Twitter at, um, but it's uh, it's West three times, and all the E's are threes on Twitter. Uh, if you want there, or if you already follow the Herald's guy, that's that's me. Fun fact: Before I share my socials, I did not know that John was the Herald's guy until about two months ago, which is still one of the things I'm most ashamed about in life. Uh, but be sure to give all three of those guys a follow. They post so much fire content, Celtic content, silly content, Kellen Acosta, Cologne content, the best type of content out there. You can go ahead and follow me on social media at mshabes, that's M-S-H-A-B-E-S. And of course, please go follow Men in Red 97 Media. Check out our website. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're also on YouTube. Go subscribe, go like, go retweet, send us a DM, interact with this community. It's a phenomenal community. And of course, we want to hear from you. One more plug before we wrap it up. Go ahead and check out our main pod, the MIR 97 pod, and just a sneak peek that we're actually rebranding. So the next time a Hot Takes episode is pre-recorded, we'll have a different aim for it. Um, That being said, you will now find all Hot Takes episodes, both live ones, pre-recorded ones, and Twitter spaces under the MIR 97 pod banner. So all you got to do is type in MIR 97 podcast or MIR 97 media on Spotify, Apple, or Google, and you can see all the Hot Takes episodes right there. 
As always, thank you guys so much for contributing. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love every single one of you, and we're excited to start this journey together uh, with this new format. That being said, go fire. We'll see you guys for the home opener in just a few weeks, and we'll talk soon. Thank you guys so much.